Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program is paid for by Hennepin Healthcare. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Hennepin Healthcare or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk A3O-WCCO or Intercom Communications. Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty care centers, hospital, and Minnesota's level one adult and pediatric trauma center, presents Healthy Matters. As always, consult your physician if you have health concerns. Here's Roshini Rajkumar with Hennepin Health Internal Medicine Physician, Dr. David Hilden. Good Sunday to you. Roshini Rajkumar here along with your host, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. And we have a really great topic this morning, especially ahead of the holidays. And even though holiday celebrations are getting limited numbers-wise, you still are probably going to be around children at some point during the holidays, whether your own or others. So the the topic of child injury prevention is so important. Dr. Hilden, I'm guessing you deal with a lot of this at Hennepin Healthcare. Hi, Rashini. Indeed, we do. And uh, good morning, everybody. It is a huge topic for people, and we try to uh, cover it at least once a year. We try to bring in some of our experts, and that's what we're doing today, to give people some tips about how to keep children safe. Uh, I'll ask my guests, which that we'll introduce in just a moment, I'll ask them some of this. But, but Hennepin Healthcare is one of the nation's leading pediatric trauma centers. Um, what I'm, what I mean by that is the outcomes for children who get injured or hurt or sick are as good as they are anywhere in the whole country. One of the things we can do is education. We can help people so that your child doesn't have to get in in the first place. And so many of us have our own stories of childhood um, injuries. I, I one time, I was going to ask my my guest today, I one time fell through the ceiling of our house when I was just a baby onto the concrete laundry room floor below me. So I've had my own share of childhood wow. injuries. And it probably explains a lot about why I am the way I am today. <laughs> well, so what, I mean, real quick. I mean, what happened? Did they rush you to the emergency room? Oh, I, I don't. I should ask my folks. What did you actually do? You know, so I'm in my room on the first floor of our house in South Minneapolis on Colfax Avenue, and apparently there was a little hole in the floor that was for laundry from a previous era, and somebody had just put little acoustic tiles over that little 
hole in the floor, the little laundry chute, and I'm a little toddler. I stepped on that from the first floor, fell right through the ceiling, and landed on the concrete floor eight feet below me in the basement. I must not have hit my head. I don't, I don't know. But I, my sister, I think, found me. Um, and so that, we still laugh about that in my family. But but it's not like lying on the floor isn't isn't funny in the slightest. But now no. we laugh about it. Well, Dr. Hilden, if you can get through something like that and live to tell the tale, uh, there's really nothing you can't do at Hennepin Healthcare. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think it probably yeah, it probably changed me forever. You know, I must not have hit my head. That must not be it. Yeah. But it is Child Injury Prevention Month, and we have a, there's events coming up on Wednesday. We're going to talk about some things you can do to uh, um, become involved. There's Twitter chats. There's even some giveaways for some Target gift cards coming up in the coming week, and so. So people are going to want to listen in for that. Right. And you do have some great guests coming up after our short break. And I want to remind you, you can ask questions of Dr. Hilden and his guests this morning. Phone and text lines are open 651-989-9226. And we want to hear from you, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a neighbor. Uh, I'm a parent, but our kids are grown, so we don't have to worry about our own kids. But I do think about this on a regular basis, Dr. Hilden, because I have the cutest nephew ever. He's 20 months, and he is in that stage of just running, running, running. So I'm sure I have lots of questions for your guests, too. But, you know, different age brackets bring different issues of safety, right? Indeed, they do. And I know uh, I saw that you put on your Twitter feed a picture of the stairs and your little 20 month old can probably take a flying leap off the top of those stairs if you're not careful. And so, uh, um, yeah, and, and little toddlers are so busy. They're busy, busy, busy. They're moving around. And they're they curious, just, right? They're curious. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be exploring their world. And so you have to be um, careful around uh um, around homes, even if it's not your own, well, maybe especially if it's not your own kids, because your home might not be so childproof, if you will. And so, yeah, it makes a huge difference um, about about when you have little kids over, are you being careful? We can also talk to our guests today about things like um, uh, fire safety, uh, Christmas tree safety, uh, um, candles, fires, all that other kind of stuff that even if you're not visiting your relatives, and we're frankly not recommending that you do, but even if you're just at your own home with your Christmas trees and your fireplace and all those things, we're going to talk about some topics along those lines after the break. Yes, and Dr. Hilden, real quickly before we go to break, I know that we get a lot of text questions about COVID. We don't always get to all of them. We'll try today, later, but we're really focusing on child uh, injury prevention. A quick tip, I know Hennepin Healthcare has created a link to answer questions. Do you want to give a quick hit on that? Yeah, I want um, people to go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash injury prevention. It's a it's a cool site actually hennepinhealthcare.org/injuryprevention and there's all kinds of information about what's coming up in the coming week. Okay, sounds great. All right, we're going to take a break and then when we come back with Healthy Matters, Dr. Hilden and I will take your calls 651-989-9226 and text questions. He will also inter- introduce our fabulous guests. And right now you can ask a couple doctors and a nurse about child Injury prevention, Rashini Rajkumar, along with your host of Healthy Matters, Dr. David Hilden. And we are covering child injury prevention, Dr. Hilden. Why don't we meet our guests? Thanks, Rashini. We have two guests today, both of whom are veterans of the show, have been on in the past years. 
Um, first is Julie F- uh, Philbrook. She is a registered nurse and is the trauma prevention coordinator at Hennepin Healthcare. And the second is Dr. Andrew Caragu. He is a critical care pediatrician and he is the medical director for the pediatric intensive care unit also at Hennepin. Um, let's start. Uh, first of all, welcome to both of you. And Julie, I'd like to start with you. Tell us about what you've got going on for Injury Prevention Week this coming week. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back on. Um, yeah, we're very excited to join uh, 40 sites nationally. We're part of an injury-free coalition for kids, and this um, is going to be our Injury Prevention Day. It's going to be on Wednesday across the nation. And uh, some of the things we're doing is the, the color designated is green, so we're lighting up the Lowry Bridge and Nicollet Mall Green to raise some awareness to um, the problem with injury prevention or injuries for children. And then um, we have a live Twitter chat, which is going to be a national chat uh, starting at 12 noon. And all that information is on the website that you mentioned, the HennepinHealthCare.org slash injury prevention. So people can join in there and uh, share their uh, things that have happened or questions as well as hear from others. And then we are doing um, a little bit of a contest for people. We'd like them to go around their home, look for uh, things they can change with their children and uh, make their home safer, and they might win a, a gift card to Target. Are you asking parents to, like, go around your house with your child in tow, or are they supposed to yes. just do it on – yeah, so your children can maybe – well, some of them are going to be kind of little. But yeah. uh, to look for well, things yeah, for around them. your home. Yeah, so for, yeah, we'd really encourage you to kind of go on a scavenger hunt. There's um, an injury or a list of home hazards that you can take a look at. Um, maybe have your child help you change the battery in the smoke detector and also let them hear the sound of it so that when they do hear it, they're not scared and talk about what to do and, um, you know, look under cupboards and, yeah, go on a scavenger hunt with them and, and uh, discuss what things you can do to make it safe and get them to participate. They may even find things that you haven't seen. How will they know, Julie, how to send in their their list of things they found? Yeah, so on the website is an a email address. It's just to send an email, list three to five um, things that you plan to do or did do uh, to make your home safer. I'm looking at that site right now. It's hennepinhealthcare.org slash injury prevention. You know, this is... Um, you know, I, my kids are also older, um, and so they're not, well, I hope they're not quite as, uh, um, uh, have the same risks. But we had, just last week, we have a glass pumpkin on our mantle place. And this, you know, for Halloween, and it has a light inside. It's, a, you know, kind of a, a knick-knacky thing, but it's about the size of a real pumpkin. And our the cord went down the side of the fireplace, and our dog knocked the cord over. This glass pumpkin shattered on the ground. I could just imagine if that were a child. I'll bet cords and electrical things are a problem. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they're a problem for adults as well as children, but exposed cords uh, any, you know, that's at their eye level. Get down on the level, crawl around your house and take a look at your house from your child's level and see what's interesting. That's why the outlets themselves are a danger and kids try to put things in there because that's at their level. But covering those up, either moving the furniture or putting covers on there will help. It's really good to look at your home from the perspective of your child. Thanks, Julie. I was going to introduce our second guest, a guy I've known for some years, and I've often said that if you are a parent, and your child is unfortunately ill or injured um, badly and is in the intensive care unit, the person you want to walk in is Dr. Caragu. He is an outstanding physician, exceptionally smart, and perhaps one of the more kind people I've ever met. Dr. Caragu, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Dave. Uh, can you hear me okay? I can hear you great, Andrew. Oh, thank you so much for that kind introduction. And, uh, and you know, apologies to you and uh, your parents for your tumble uh, when you were younger. Uh, yeah, I think I got lucky. Scary. <laughs> I think I got lucky with that one, Andrew. Hey, you're the you're the medical director of the pediatric intensive care unit, and you um so you see kids and families when they're at um a really vulnerable place. It, what yes. do you see in the peds ICU? Is it mostly illnesses? Is it injuries? And when it is injuries, what kinds of things are you seeing that um that land people and children in the hospital? Uh, so uh, traditionally uh, at Hennepin, uh, uh the large number of children that we admit to our ICU are children who've been injured. Uh, we do see, of course, other illnesses, you know, children with asthma and uh, diabetic ketoacidosis uh, uh, or uh, respiratory, other respiratory illnesses. Uh, but we've seen a lot of injuries, um, a lot of falls, motor vehicle accidents, uh, we will uh, occasionally see children who've been uh, uh, victims of violence. Uh, so uh, it's a, a whole host of uh, different injuries. Um, and the thing is, and, and which is one of the things which got me uh, engaged really in this field of injury prevention, is that a lot of these injuries are potentially preventable. I'll bet they are. And I'll bet parents feel you know, probably have some mixed emotions when their kid is in there and they feel like, what could I have done to prevent this? I'll bet that's a hard, hard thing for a parent to go through to see your kid knowing that maybe that could have been prevented. Yes. Um, and uh, for the vast majority of these children, uh, fortunately, I'm able to tell the parent is that uh, this was maybe kind of a wake-up call uh, that you know, your child is doing well, uh, your child will recover uh, and will be able to go home with you eventually. And so it's time to, just as Julie was saying, take a look around your home. Uh, you know, make sure uh, you have window um, guards uh, so that the kid isn't going to, uh, you know, uh, fall out the window uh, the next time uh, that you have, you, you're encouraging your children to wear a, a helmet. You know, we had a kid uh, some years back, um, and you and I might have even talked about this kid, a young boy uh, who was riding his bicycle uh, in South Minneapolis, uh, And but the good thing was wearing his helmet. And he was hit by a vehicle that was going maybe about 30 or 40 uh, miles per hour. And it was all caught on videotape. And that kid came to the hospital, was in the ICU, essentially overnight, and went home the next day. Uh, his helmet didn't do so good, but his noggin did wonderfully. Uh, and we use that as, a, as an example to say, look, just with wearing your helmet, uh, making sure your child is wearing their seatbelt or properly strained in a vehicle, uh, can do so much uh, to prevent your child uh, from having a much more serious injury than they would have. We're going to talk about that more after the break because um, that is a great um, example, the helmet thing. I, Julie and I, my wife and I, were sitting on our front step, and we routinely see kids biking home from school or wherever they're without their helmet. 
<laughs> without it all. But the helmets on the handlebars, and we sort of busted one little kid. She put her helmet on at you know three houses before she got home. I think to kind of show uh, 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 her parents that she was wearing it. But then she took it off when she thought she was out of sight of uh, uh, of her own home. So there's we have a lot of uh, work to do with our kids to make sure they do wear their helmets. Rashini, I think we're going to take a, a quick text. Do we have time for that before the break? We do. We've got about a minute, and this is a good one, so I want to get it in before we go to break. And remind people, you can call these three fabulous healthcare guests, 651-989-9226, text or call your questions. This listener says, thank you for taking our questions. Who oversees and puts together national guidelines for child prevention and safety? Also, are there any local Minnesota organizations that are available? Julie, yeah, do you want to handle that one? Um, oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, yes, there's um, a variety of organizations. The Centers for Disease Control um, does a lot of the research and, and recommendations, uh, so that's a good place to look. But we also um, work with Safe Kids, which is a, a national organization. If you go to safekids.org, that has um, a plethora of all the injuries and um, suggestions and fun things for kids to do. Um, and then, like I said, we're a consortium of 40 uh, trauma, pediatric trauma centers uh, for injuryfree.org um, and Injury Free Coalition for Kids. So there's, there's a lot. And we do have, like I said, on the Hennepin Healthcare website, um, links to a lot of that. And um, so, yeah, there's a, a lot of information. And also just your local police and fire um, they love to come out and talk about that before the injury happens. And uh, also our ambulance services and paramedics, they would much rather talk to people before than, than during and after. And this really is Andrew. Oh, go and ahead, I, Andrew, I'll, real quickly. And, yeah, and I also want to add that uh, the Minnesota Department of Health as well uh, is, yeah. uh, is part of, of uh, helping to set uh, uh, guidelines uh, and working very closely with the Centers for Disease Control. Um, all right. Well, it's very clear, Dr. Hilden, you chose the right guests for Child Injury Prevention Week. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, your calls and text 651-989-9226. Rashini Rajkumar back with you, along with your host of Healthy Matters, Dr. David Hilden, and our special guest today, Dr. Andrew Kuragu. He is the medical director for the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit and Hennepin Healthcare. And Julie Philbrook, she is an RN and is the coordinator of the Trauma Prevention Center at Hennepin Healthcare. All right, we've got calls and texts coming in, but let's go through some of this kind of holiday safety checklist and other child prevention safety tips, Dr. Hilden. That'd be great. And well, um, Julie, could you give us, um, you know, and first of all, just a shout out to the music that just came in, like the ceiling can't hold us. I think that might be a reference to the fact that I fell through the ceiling. Absolutely. Uh, if you missed the beginning of the show. Devin is is the best Devin, with music that fits. Devin, Devin I, I, I cannot have been a coincidence. I can't believe Yeah, that was hysterical, buddy. Anyway, Julie, can you give our listeners some practical tips for keeping their home safe? during this upcoming six weeks of holiday seasons? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Um, uh, Hennepin uh, also has a level one burn center, and we start to see a lot of um, burns and injuries coming into that as well as our um, pediatric and adult centers. 
And uh, one of the things that we're starting to see as it's getting colder is people having fires in their fireplaces with the glass doors. And so while you're separating your child from the direct flame, those glass doors get extremely hot. And we've had a lot of young kids come in with that have fallen or gone up and touched those doors and gotten serious, serious burns to the palm of their hands. So that's something to look at in your home, even though you feel like you have kind of a barrier up, you need to add another barrier. Um, That never occurred to me before. Screen. Yeah, it's, it's, it happens more. We've already had a couple um, this year. Um, so, again, you feel like, oh, you know, it's, it's closed off. They're not going to get into the flame, but they actually get burned by the glass. So, again, talking to your kids about it, but especially with those toddlers, building up some kind of barrier around it so that they can't get, because they're very mesmerized by the fire. Um, I mentioned the making sure you've got the working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, um, and we know about, um, you know, checking the batteries, but having the kids help you, again, change those batteries and talk to them what it's about. Um, the candles, you know, a lot of uh, the holidays, people love to have candles out um, and uh, maybe consider getting the ones with the light bulb versus the flame um, because those can tip over, they can get, clothes can get near them and and, uh, and and the fire will start. Plus, again, kids are very mesmerized by fire flames, so they'll be drawn to that. Um, so that's just a few things, again, to look around your house as you add new things that kids are going to be intrigued by. I remember, and this is for you, um, Andrew, um, when our daughter was little, I don't know, two years old or something, <clears throat> excuse me, she, we found her on the kitchen floor with, or, with a bottle of iron tablets open next to her. They were, one of us was taking iron supplementation. Everybody thinks, well, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we didn't know if she had taken any. So we had to take her to the hospital and they had to do x-rays and the like, and she turned out to be fine. But there's an issue with medications and even just vitamins in children. Can you give us some thoughts about how we can be safe around medication? Particularly, Grandma might have her pill bottles and it looks like candy to a kid. How do we know... Um, what are some tips for safety there? And how do you know if, if, if your kid has ingested any? What are you looking for? Uh, so for sure, uh, thanks for bringing up that issue. Uh, safe medication storage uh, is uh, essential. And especially with, uh, although this, this uh, season because of uh, COVID, uh, uh, we are trying to keep grandma and grandpa uh, safe and maybe might not be hanging out uh, with, uh, with them uh, as much. But uh your own medications, making sure that they are uh, safely stored in a place that's not accessible. Uh, Unfortunately, nowadays we have uh, vitamins um, uh, that uh, look like and uh, are made to taste like candy, right? So you think of your gummy bear, multivitamins. I mean, even uh, other mineral supplements are now being uh, made in gummy form. And uh, uh, ingestion of a lot of those can create problems. Uh, you talked about iron, which uh, can, uh, which while, while important, uh, can also harm someone if taken in large quantities, uh, because it can cause, you know, GI bleeding. Uh, it can make someone go into shock. Uh, and iron poisoning uh, has actually killed uh, children. Uh, so uh, it is really important to make sure if you have medicine bottles that they are they're safely closed tightly closed that uh, and things are kept far away from children and you know talking about things that children can put in their mouths uh, a lot of us now are doing laundry using laundry pods uh, so making sure that those laundry pods uh, which look nice and cute and 
so delectably delicious uh, that they are kept far away as possible from children um, and uh, safely uh, the covers of those bottles are safely closed so that they are not accessible. Uh, Could I ask you a follow-up on that one, Andrew? Um, the, the laundry pods issue is so huge, and, and I hadn't used those before, but we have them now. We also have them for our dishwasher. They're these little teeny things. Why are they so dangerous to kids if they get, isn't it just soap? Why, why are they so dangerous? Uh, yes, uh, because the materials in them, which while colored, uh, you know, purple or green, orange or whatever, is caustic uh, to the, the 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 airway to your GI tract. It can actually cause a burn. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, if you ingest it, it, it may uh, also uh, be some of the products may also be poisonous. Uh, but it's you're worried about the burn that those materials can cause. Can I ask a follow-up on that, doctors? Okay, so I have a true confessional. This goes way back to when I was a kid. My little brother, who's almost three years younger than I, and I can't remember exact ages, but let's just say seven and four. And we were playing with these little plastic duckies in a pond thing. And we were playing, must have been playing like pharmacy, because I was giving it to him like medicine. And guess what? He swallowed one. And to this day, I still get teased about this scenario because he was rushed to the ER. They never found it so in an x-ray, so eventually came out. But what are your tips for, and I don't laugh at the fact that I did that but because I was in big trouble, but what are your tips for kids and kids together and the safety? You know, we as adults are talking about preventing injury, but how do we teach our kids to be safe with each other? Uh, and, and part of it is really having that conversation um, and, uh, of course, making sure that uh, um, uh, that your kids are, even though it's so difficult, uh, easier now because we are all closed up in the house uh, trying to stay away from COVID, but they are in, uh, in your direct supervision, um, uh, kind of, but talking to your kids about why not to do these things? Uh, and it gets difficult, right? So, um, and as the kids get older, uh, then you hear about uh, different uh, challenges, right? Uh, you know, you have, uh, teenagers challenging, challenging each other uh, to uh, the most recent and most dangerous uh, challenge has been the Benadryl challenge where people are being uh as to ingest uh, large amounts of uh, Benadryl, uh, or, you know, we had the cinnamon challenge where people are uh, different challenges that uh, teenagers get uh, that can make them ingest things that cause them harm. Great. Yeah, great to know. And really just having those honest conversations and maybe letting the kids be involved in those conversations. So 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 there's a challenge to take Benadryl tablets, kids challenging other kids. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. Wow, one that yet. I mean, I, that's scary, actually. It and, is. I, I heard about the cinnamon challenge. You know, that made the rounds for a while. But boy, what what we what, what kids ask each other to do, uh, you know, for a, like a dare. Um, there's always something new. Right. All right. Well, we do have some texts coming in, uh, and reminding reminding people you can call and text us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six in our remaining few minutes with our guest today. At what age or weight is it safe to put a child in a booster car seat? 
Okay, well, this is Julie. Um, the um, We want to make sure kids stay in the car seats that they are as long as possible. So, for example, we want kids to be rear-facing sometimes to two or three years old uh, if the seat allows. So look at the directions for your car seat. Um, in Minnesota, you have to be in a car seat or booster by law till age eight, but we know that kids probably don't fit in an adult seatbelt until they're 10 or 12. So it really is more about how it fits. And so there's a lot of uh, child passenger safety resources um, on our um, variety of websites. You can go to hennepinhealthcare.org, and I have a, a site under our trauma prevention program. But um, kids should be in um, a car seat or booster until the upper weight limit of the seat. Some of them go up to close to 100 pounds or more. So really look at the directions. A very, very good question. We tend to always move kids sooner. I always tell people a graduation up from uh, a toddler seat to a booster seat isn't really a graduation. It's actually a demotion in safety. Um, you actually, the longer you're in a five-point harness, the safer you are. So we really don't want to push those limits. We want to keep them um, in the most restrained as long as possible and look at the car seat directions. All right. Well, we have a question coming in that I want to get to because this listener is obviously in some distress uh, and they're saying it's not really the subject today, but it might be. This person says, my son has many underlying conditions, had bad stomach pain, went to ER, sat for six others, six hours. Others there got up and left. He did too. Where can we go for care if we need the ER? So they're not explaining any more about the condition, but just that they, it sounds like we're not treated at the ER, doctors and Julie. That's an interesting, um, this is David, that's an interesting thing because our hospitals right now are absolutely positively bursting at the seams. It is something like uh, I've never seen in 20 years, but yet, and, but yet, we're here to help, and so um, that 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 is hard to hear that you go to an emergency department and it's so busy you can't even get care. Doctor Caragu, can you um, help us out with that? How is the emergency department at the at the various children's hospitals across the metro area, as far as you know? Uh, so, uh, and they are variably busy, uh, but I think uh, if your child is in distress, uh, uh, and especially uh, uh, since it may be something that is potentially life threatening, then uh, if uh, the ED that is closest to you is not available, uh, then you can uh, bring your child to uh, an ED down in the cities, whether it's uh, uh, the Hennepin Emergency Department or the uh, Emergency Department of Masonic or Children's, uh, any of the children's uh, emergency departments. It's important. Um, and this is one of the things that we've been uh, a little bit worried about you know, with COVID, uh, people have been uh, avoiding coming to the emergency department for things that generally would. And this is, uh, I think, even an issue with adult patients where you've seen fewer people presenting with chest pain uh, than generally would, uh, you know, who have heart disease and so on. But if your child is sick and needs to be seen, then you they need to be seen. Uh, and if the, the closest ED to you is not able to help you, then uh, you can uh, find an ED at a, a larger center where they may uh, be able to accommodate you. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. That is us. Um, we talk about it 
every single day we um, uh, during this COVID pandemic time about uh, hospital availability. So you should know that the pediatric healthcare system in the state of Minnesota is second to none. Um, so I, I just uh, um, I concur with that. You find you can find a pediatric provider and um, to help you. But I apologize. Well, I don't apologize. It wasn't me. But uh, but yeah, um, you, I'm you sorry. definitely uh, empathize. Yeah, I empathize with you. Yeah. All right. We have to take a quick break and remind you in our remaining, when we come back, remaining little couple minutes with uh, Dr. Kiragu and Julie Philbrook. Get in your calls and text 651-989-9226. We'll be right back. Christine Rajkumar back with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Our guest today, Dr. Andrew Kiragu. He is a critical care pediatrician, medical director for the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Hennepin Healthcare, and Julie Philbrook, an RN, who is the trauma prevention coordinator there. We don't have a lot of time, but we do have a couple texts coming in that I want to make sure we get to. One person here is a former pediatric nurse. She'd like you to address the issue of fluids and keeping a kid hydrated when there's a fever. Andrew, do you want to take that one? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I think uh, with uh, illness in general, uh, and, you know, when someone has a fever, uh, they tend to lose uh, fluid because one of the ways that someone uh, uh, bodies handle the fever is to release heat through sweating so you can get quite dehydrated. Uh, I, I, of course, ideally is you want to make sure that the reason of for the fever is being uh, addressed. So is there a minimum per hour or is it basically kid by kid? I think you just uh, encourage your child to, to drink uh, fluids to keep hydrated. I mean, you can't uh, force them. Sometimes they're feeling so sick that they are not able to uh, uh, they have little interest or perhaps whatever their illness is keeps them from uh, keeping fluids down, in which case you definitely want them to be seen uh, because they might need IV fluids. Thank you, Andrew. So we are going to, uh, we've run out of time and we've got, to, I, I can't thank you enough for getting out such good information to our listeners. We have been talking with registered nurse Julie Philbrook, who has for quite some time now been leading up our trauma prevention program and we ha- at Hennepin Healthcare, and Dr. Andrew Caragu, uh, a pediatric intensivist and the medical director of our pediatric intensive care unit. I want to thank both of them for being on the show. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Julie. Julie, you have in 30 seconds, could you tell us about what's going on this coming week and what the website is? Yes. So the website for our Injury Prevention Day is hennepinhealthcare.org slash injury prevention. And we have um, a contest for uh, people to put in their uh, home safety plans. Uh, the email address is on there and a checklist. We're also, if you want to send a photo of you and your family wearing green, which is our color, you can enter that as well. Um, so all the activities uh, that we're doing, and it's a national program. So um, join in. Twitter chat on Wednesday. A lot of fun stuff. Thank Dave. you, Julie. That's Yes, Andrew. Yeah, and I uh, just want to encourage people to look out for uh, green is the, the color of safety. Look out for uh, the national, the Nicolette Mall being lit up green, the Lowry Bridge. Uh, we're also partnering with Children's Minnesota, which is another IFCK site, so Allianz uh, Stadium. Uh, and also to encourage uh, people to think about safety in general. Uh, ATV season is here. You know, make sure your kids are riding safely on ATVs. 
Uh, hunting season is here, making sure weapons in the home are safely stored, uh, uh, ammunition separate uh, from uh, the weapon. Um, Lots of great tips yeah. for parents to uh, look at and go to the HennepinHealthCare.org site. Thanks so much to our guests today. Uh, Dr. Hilden, I know time is just ticking, but I want to remind people next Sunday, delirium is the topic. And if you can also let people know, November 29th is our Open Lines Hot Topics. How can they reach out uh, for the topics they want to cover on that show? Leave us your hot topic at uh, uh, myhealthymatters.org. Leave us what you'd like us to talk about that Sunday after Thanksgiving. Myhealthymatters.org. And everybody have a safe weekend. All right, Rashini Rajkumar and Dr. David Hilden, wishing you a healthy week. The previous program was paid for by Hennepin Healthcare. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Hennepin Healthcare or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 WCCO or Intercom Communications. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.